just a blessing to have you here worshiping with us. You know, I was reading through some of these funnies, and I thought this was a few of these you might enjoy. So Chris asked his mom, why is a computer so smart? The mom says, it listens to its motherboard. <laughs> Son says to his dad, do you know the difference between a pack of cookies and a pack of elephants? He said, no. He said, that is a good thing that mom does the grocery shopping. Sunday school teacher says, tell me, Johnny, do you say prayers before eating? Johnny says, no, ma'am, I don't have to. My mom is a good cook. (laughs) Doug says to his friend, I think my mom's getting serious about straightening up my room once and for all. And Dan says to his friend, how do you know that? Doug says, she's learning to drive a bulldozer. Aaron says, what did the mother bullet say to the daddy bullet? What did the mother bullet say to the daddy bullet? Anybody guess? We're going to have a BB. (laughs) Definition of a sweater. I like this one. Definition of a sweater. Something you wear when your mother gets cold. How many know that's true? (laughs) You get those sweaters put on you when when mom starts to get cold, even if you're not. So I walk into the bedroom last night, and Amy's in the bathroom, and she's laughing, and she's, you know, going through jokes. And so I thought, I'm going to pull out one of Amy's favorite jokes that she was letting out a belly laugh over yesterday. Just, I thought, i got to ask her about this one. So here it is. Two, uh, two boys say to mom on mom's day, stay in bed, they insist. You stay in bed, it's mother's day. She was so elated, she was so excited, she thought, oh my goodness, breakfast in bed, I can hardly wait. And sure enough, in just a few moments, the bacon's cooking, the flavors, the smells, everything are going right into the room. But there's this long, long wait. Finally, she gets up to investigate. She investigates and she finds out the boys are sitting there at the table eating quietly, the bacon and all the good food. Their surprise was, she didn't have to cook today. (laughs) All right, who's guilty of that one? You know, moms can really laugh with that one. You know, that's true. So anyway, oh, you know, I hate to do this again, but I'm going to do it because I really think you moms need to be honored one more time. Would you please stand to your feet? Please take a moment and honor these moms. Let them know how much you love them, how much you appreciate them. I know, I know, I know. We won't have you stand the whole service, but it is such a blessing. Thank you all so very, very much. You know, you moms are absolutely amazing. We appreciate you. You look amazing. You are amazing. Uh, We're so super grateful for you. Thank you. We still need you to make lunch today, but uh, we thank the world about you. So anyway, we are so grateful for all of your moms. Uh, You know, you just are such a blessing. It really is. And I can't even, uh, you know, begin to even say how, how grateful we truly are for all of our moms. You know, I just want to say this. If you are a young parent... Raising kids is like walking kids, walking through a park. It might be a, the Jurassic Park, but um, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you feel like you're being chased, you know, like, ah, I got to hide in the laundry room to eat this cereal or eat this whatever it is. It's like, ah, they're chasing you. It's, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes, you know, it is the walk of the park, but it just, you feel like sometimes a monster is chasing you. But it's such a blessing. It's such a, I hope that encourages all of you young parents, but it is such a gift and such a blessing. So raising girls versus raising boys is so drastically different. Can I hear an Amen. You know what I'm talking about? They are such a blessing, both of them. But, you know, raising girls is like this. Take a look at this picture. You know, I just want you to see this. Isn't that cute? That's what it's like as a dad raising girls. I mean, it's so precious. But, you know, when you're raising boys, it's more like this. Take a look at this one. 
You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, you know? It's, it's so much fun. I mean, the girls, they love to cuddle with you and snuggle and all that stuff. And, you know, I've got this eight-year-old boy, and, you know, I'll be walking along, and all of a sudden I'll hear him come, Dad! And he's jumping, and he's, you know, grabbing a hold of me, trying to jump onto my back. And I just, you know, it's so much fun, though. It really is such a gift and such a blessing. So I want to take a few moments, and I just want to talk to us today about... Um, our moms. I, I do. I really think that the title of this message is so appropriate, and I called it the mother load. Because moms do so much. They do so much. How many know you, moms just, they do almost everything. I mean, they just are amazing, and what they do for you is just absolutely extraordinary, and we are so super grateful for all of our moms. And so, you know, I just want to take a moment because raising boys, raising girls really can be, have similar fruit and similar uh, qualities and gifts. Uh, but really, there is something that's so important. I just want to take a few moments to talk about just briefly that if honor is the ingredient, the prime ingredient in your home life, you will have heaven's culture because honor is heaven's culture. And when you really study out what honor is, so when I'm mentoring people, sometimes I have people who come into my office now, and they really honestly don't know what love is. You know, they've been raised in so much dysfunction, and, you know, they just don't even know really what love is. And so sometimes I can sit there and say, you know, honor is a culture of heaven, or we just need to love, and everybody says, amen, I get that, you know, love is the greatest gift. We've heard it, we've heard love, 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 and, and it's, we all agree, but sometimes we just don't even know what love looks like. In this case, sometimes we don't even know really what honor looks like, and yet, without honor, marriages and families, relationships will take a major nosedive in life. They really suffer, but when honor is the prime ingredient, and honor is, let me give it by definition, in Hebrew it means it's very heavy, you give weight to, it's a treasure, it gives heavy value to, it's worth a lot. In the Greek, the word honor means, uh, has a definition, well, it sounds like timi. I might be pronouncing it wrong for all of, our, all of our Greek scholars, but timi, I believe that's how you pronounce it. But it really means defining, it's the defining definition of valuing, valuing. Uh, in other words, it means it's very weighty, precious, valuable, such as something like gold, something that's very precious that you just don't throw into a junk drawer. So honor, let me put it this way. Sometimes, you know, we hear about love and we hear about respect. You know, love, you know, women need love, men need respect. And respect, what's the difference between honor and respect? Respect, let me put it this way, honor is the highest degree of respect that you can go. So there are different levels of love. You can turn up the intensity of love. There are different levels of love, but there are also different levels of respect. And the highest level of respect is honor. And when honor is incorporated, it becomes the vision of your marriage, your family, your relationships, your parenting. You will get absolutely heaven's, heaven's results here on earth when honor becomes the primary ingredient. So let me put it this way. When honor, when someone chooses to live a life of honor, uh, things actually go very, very well. So let's take a look at our opening scripture together. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, parents and adults, um, you know, children, let's all read this out loud together, would you? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. 
Now, again, when there's honor that's present, things go well for us. You know, even if our parents didn't do everything right, but we still keep showing them honor, it's taking the highway. It's taking the high road rather than taking the low road. And when you do implement honor, and whether they're trustworthy or not, because I understand in this generation, there's a lot of millennials that are uh, brought up in homes without parents. Um, They're just raised kind of on their own. Television was their influence or whatever. Uh, And so I understand in this generation, things are very different than 20, 30 years ago. But listen, you need to understand, even if your parents didn't do everything right, we just have to assume they did the best they knew to do. And maybe in your eyes, you thought, well, it wasn't good enough. It really hurt me. We still have to just assume that they did the best they knew to do. And if you keep judging them in the right perspective, like they did the best they knew to do, then you can keep loving them and keep honoring them. And again, I'm not going to talk so much along these lines, but you know, we understand that trust and forgiveness are two different subjects, right? They kind of flow together, but they're, they're kind of twins in some ways. But trust is something that has to be earned. So if uncle such and such has a real problem with alcoholism and he gets real violent and abusive, you're not going to let your kids go hang out with Uncle Boo Boo or whatever his name is. You know what I'm saying? You're going to not have trust for him. Uh, But let me say forgiveness is a gift for yourself more than it is even for Uncle Boo Boo. You know, it it really, forgiveness is a gift, yes, for others, but it's, it's mostly a gift for yourself. Forgiveness is a tremendous gift for yourself. Trust is something that's earned. We all have to keep earning trust with one another in our marriages and our families. Uh, and so I just want to take a moment just to kind of just explain that so you understand that mercy always triumphs over judgment. So when you have a look of perspective like they did the best they knew to do, if they knew better, they would do better. But we just have to assume that they didn't know better. And so let's just judge them on the perspective that that's all they knew to do. In your eyes, you might be thinking, well, they should have known better. They should have grown. They should have studied. They should have learned. I mean, that was wrong what they did. And I get all of that. I know there's healthy boundaries. We need to have healthy boundaries. But we really need to look at life in the right perspective. We've got to know and understand that mercy triumphs over judgment. And as long as we just judge ourselves and and keep the judgment focused on ourselves, we're not going to be so much concerned about other people's mistakes and what they're doing wrong. We're going to be more concerned about our own mistakes and keep improving ourselves. Can I hear an amen? As long as we keep focusing on honoring them, despite whether they're honorable or not, God's first command basically is telling us that if we will honor our parents, things will actually go well for us. That doesn't mean that you have to trust them if they've been wrong to you, if they've been hurting you or whatever it is, it doesn't, we're not talking about that. I'm talking about honor because sometimes people misunderstand this and think, well, I have to trust them in order to honor them. No, that's not true. You can honor them through different techniques and through different ways. And I'm going to give you three ways in just a few moments of how we can actually show honor to our moms. And yet there's such a big list of description of how we could describe this word and what that really means and what it means to honor one another. But think of it like this. Jesus said in his own hometown where he wanted to do many mighty signs, wonders, and miracles, he could do no mighty signs and wonders and miracles. And the reason was because the Bible says because of their unbelief or their life lack of honor. Unbelief is always associated with lack of honor. With much honor, you will see miracle signs and wonders. Anytime you look through the gospel account, anytime there was great honor, there were great miracles. 
So if you focus on great honor and you purpose in your heart just to show great honor in your marriage, in your family, in your relationships, to your employer, to your employees, to those that are above you in authority, those who are below you in authority, you could say, to your parents, you are birthing a place for miracles to take place. When you focus on just honoring and being honorable for yourself, things will actually go well for you, that you will live long and that you will be satisfied. It is a covenant promise that God gives us. With honor, miracles become possible. And let me put it this way before I get into just talking a little bit about our moms, because I think it's really appropriate to talk about our moms today. We cannot change a dishonoring situation by adding more dishonor. It has never happened in our lifetime or in history. No one has ever changed a dishonoring situation by adding more dishonor. The only way you can change a dishonoring situation is by adding honor. And that's why Jesus said it's best to heap blessings upon people or give a cup of water or blessing to your enemies than retaliating or reacting and doing the same thing that they're doing to you. You can't change a dishonoring situation by adding more dishonor. We have to change America. We have to change this world by adding honor. Honor is a key ingredient to thriving relationships here on earth. Heaven's culture is honor. And when we study out what honor really, really does look like, you will take your relationships to a whole new level. So today we want to take a few moments and we want to honor our moms because about 15 or 20 years ago, there was a survey done based upon those moms that were homemakers. Now, we know in this generation, there's a lot of homemakers, but there are also, uh, in this generation, there's a lot of career women, a lot of career husbands. There's not a lot of uh, stay-at-home moms as there once was. But 15, 20 years ago, when they actually did a survey, a study on homemaker moms, they discovered based upon corporate America and what executives were paid, versus what a mom and a mom's responsibilities were and the pressures that they experienced all throughout the day from morning until night, that if you were to pay her to what she was to be paid, equivalent to corporate America, her income would have been between three to $600,000 a year. This is like 15 to 20 years ago. They base that survey based upon, okay, this is what executives get paid, and this is the kind of responsibilities, the pressures they put up with, and in comparison to corporate America, this is really what moms are responsible for. In comparison, that's what their income would be. So next time, husbands, uh, next time your wife needs or wants to simply just go out and get a massage or a manicure or a pedicure, be sure to let her go because that's part of her three to $600,000 income that you're supposed to be paying her, amen? Now, I know there's a lot of stay-at-home dads, and we'll talk about dads on Father's Day, but we're going to focus on moms. Moms do so much. They have such a gift and ability to be, they're intuitive, they're discerning. I mean, how many know men, I mean, you can be sitting at home, and your wife comes out, and she says, how are the kids doing? And they're like, oh, they're at home. I thought they were with you, you know? 
You know what I'm talking about? Guys sometimes are like, hey, did you check the kids' schoolwork? You mean uh, they're in school right now? I didn't know that. I mean, sometimes we come across as really coming across as very clueless. Now, I know there's a lot of great dads here, but moms have this gift, this intuition, ability, this discernment to recognize what kids are thinking, where the kids are, and what they are doing at all times. They have this discernment, this gift about them. They just seem to know. They're like that mother hand that just seems to know where all those chicks are at all times. That is such a gift and such a blessing. And we appreciate all of our moms for that. I still remember my mom. She, what a gift she was. I can tell you so many stories. I'm not going to tell you too many because I want you to keep looking at me as like an angel, you know, like I was perfect. You know, my sisters were the ones that, you know, caused all the problems, you know, not me. But I was the youngest. Any of, any of you the youngest in the family here? Oh my goodness. See, you know what I'm talking about. We're perfect. You know, we don't do anything wrong. We're just absolutely perfect. Uh, but I remember one time, uh, I was out, you know, in a friend's uh, storage, cl- uh, uh, like a shed, and we were all hanging out, and we discovered fire. We thought, oh, this is so cool. Let's light matches and light fire. You know, how many guys, you know what I'm talking about? You know, we like to start fires. Well, we didn't think about what was in the shed besides us and matches. And all of a sudden, I'll, it's just like out of this, like this Wonder Woman comes out, and my mom opens the door and saves us, literally saves us, because there were gas cans all around us. We didn't think through. We just thought, too. We thought, let's start some fire here and have some fun. And how she even knew where we were was miraculous. I remember another time, you know, there was this neighbor of ours, and he was kind of like the bully in the neighborhood. And I don't know why, but I didn't have a lot of problems with him. All of my neighbor friends did, but for some reason, he didn't pick on me too much. And I don't know if it goes back to this one time. But I was laid out on the ground. I don't know why. I don't know if he had, uh, we were wrestling or what. But my mom busts through the door. She yells out, stop! And I kind of look up. And I didn't know, but my neighborhood buddy, who was kind of the bully, had a shovel, and he's about to clobber me over the head. How she knew to come out to stop that incident from happening, you know, was miraculous. I could tell you a lot more stories, but I can tell you moms have such a special gift and a, such a special place in the heart of the Lord. So I want to give you three ways real quick. So if you're taking notes, now is the time to get your notepads out. Three ways that we can honor our moms. If you're looking at the Bible scriptures with me, you can take a look at Proverbs chapter 31, verses 28 through 31. I'll have them up on the screen for you as well. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So one of the first things we need to absolutely do with our moms, and it's appropriate to do this today and for the rest of our lives, of course, is to validate them, to value them, or let me put it this way, simply just appreciate them. Absolutely appreciate them. They, number one, Moms, one way we can honor our moms is through appreciating them, validating them, letting them know how valuable they truly, truly are to us. What a gift they truly are. To say thank you, 
for the little things, the big things that they do. A little text here and there, uh, uh, snail mail, send out snail mail, whatever you need to do, but send a thank you note, uh, whatever you can do, but express your gratitude, your thankfulness to your mom, because I'm telling you, appreciation, people always jump through the hoops for appreciation. And I know that, I'm just going to take a moment because I know that some of you right now, um, your mom's no longer here. And I know that tear in your eye right now when you think about your mom is a sign that your mom did a good, good job in your life. And there's a scripture in Philippians chapter 1 verse 3. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And I think right now and just today is a great day to say, God, thank you. Thank you for my mom. Thank you for the difference, the positive influence, the light, the love, the impact that she has made in my life. I look at my 30 years that I got with my mom. What an honor and what a privilege that I had 30 wonderful, amazing years with my mom. My mom is a tremendous gift still to me this day, even though she's now passed on a number of years ago. I am super, super grateful for my mom. Uh, Never once did I ever hear her speak anything unkind about anybody. And when it came to talking about pastors or preachers, whether they are, you know, living a good life or making mistakes, she would not tolerate anybody ever to talk about a religious leader, a pastor. She just would not accept that at all. She would never, ever, ever speak unkindly about anybody, especially ministers of the gospel. She wouldn't tolerate that at all. What a godly woman to never in all 30 years, never to hear her say one unkind word about anybody And her old saying was, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. That's right. So you've heard it. We are so thankful for our moms and those that have already gone home to be with the Lord. We thank God upon every remembrance of them. And I think it's important to take time, you know, throughout your life when those tears start to come to say, God, thank you for the time that I had with my mom. What a gift. And the good news is that you know, I get to look forward to this. You know, it's just such a short period of time here on earth, you know, and the fact is, is that I get to see her again. You know, many of you have had moms that have preceded you already. We get to look forward to seeing them again, and you know, it's such a gift and such a blessing that when they've lived a, given us a legacy, a life that they live for Christ, I'm telling you, it is such a gift and such a blessing to us to carry on, and I believe that's what she wants you to do, is to keep carrying on that legacy. Now, can I just take a few moments to just talk to our moms today? Just, just a few minutes. I, just, I won't take too much time. I, I want to focus on how we can be a blessing to you. But I want to take just a few moments to talk to our moms for a moment. Moms, you're doing a better job than you give yourself credit for. Amen? I think you should give all the moms one more time a big hand clap. Let them know. What a great job. You are doing a better job than you think you are. And can I give you a, just a tip, a five-by-five five rule? This is what I call five by five, a five by five rule. If it's not going to matter in five years from now, don't give it five minutes of thought. Okay, if it's not going to matter in five years from now, don't give it five minutes of thought. You know, okay, it's just a broken lamp. Is it really going to matter that much in five years? So if it doesn't really matter that much, if you think five years out and think, is this really going to matter? Don't give it much thought right now. Just, Just let it go. Don't be stressed out about that situation. You know, moms, I know we need to, we all, we all need to pray for wisdom. But that's one of the best advices that I had given to me by a mentor. He said, pray every day for wisdom. So I say to all of our moms, pray for wisdom every day. Let that be your guiding uh, principle in life. Every day, pray for wisdom. 
You know, let me put it this way. If God raised Jesus in three days and solved literally the world's problems in three days by raising Jesus up, I believe you and I can put our faith into, God, if you raised Jesus from the dead in three days, then I believe you can give me a solution to this problem within three days. You know, we got to set our faith somewhere, but how many know that if you put your faith out there, that God will give you a solution within three days? Because he certainly was able to solve the world's problems in three days by raising Jesus from the dead, and he can give you a solution to that problem, whatever it is that you might be faced with today, within three days. Certainly he can. He has that ability. So this is what Colossians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, God has hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. So in Christ, that's where we're going to find that knowledge. That's where we're going to find that wisdom. And this really leads me to my second point. Moms truly do need quiet time. They need solitude. They need a break. Let's give our moms a break. Let's, let's give them some time to just relax. So at times I'll sense that Amy is, you know, she's from morning to night at times, working it seems like, serving us and our family and doing kind things for us. And at times if I sense that she hasn't had quality time just alone, just to have some quiet time by herself, you know, I will say, hey, Amy, can I just watch the kids for a few moments and you go have some nice quiet time to yourself, some solitude. It's one of the best gifts that we can give our Moms, It's one of the best gifts that we can give the mother of our home is some quiet time, just a break where you just go and relax. You go, go be ministered to, go get some refreshing, go get a manicure, go get a pedicure, go get a massage. And all of you single moms, I just want to acknowledge you for a moment. Don't you just appreciate all of our single moms here today? Would you give them a hand clap? Let them know how much you love them. We commend you. I can't even imagine... You know, I know what it's like to be a, a dad in a mom in a home, but to be a single mom trying to raise kids is not an easy task. And so I commend you for that heroic uh, behavior and not throwing in the towel and not giving up on them and keep believing and keep loving. But let me say this. You know what kids really need? They just need your love. So don't be worried, moms, about, you know, those moms, those super moms, you know, the ones that cut the crust off the bread and everything, and they're always comparing their kids to your kids. Like, yeah, when Johnny was two, he was reading the encyclopedia already, and when he was four, he had the whole Bible memorized. You know what I'm talking about? They're always comparing their kids to your kids. I mean, just give your kids just one time just the, the freedom to say, you can punch him if you want. I don't, you know, just kidding. Uh, you didn't hear that from me. You didn't hear that from me. But you know what I'm talking about? Those super moms that are just like, they're they're. Per- Perfect in every way. Moms, don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. It's all going to even out eventually. You know what I'm talking about? Just you're, get, you're doing a better job than you realize. All your kids really need is love. You don't have to be perfect. All they need is your love. And again, going back to this whole quiet time, I want to just take a moment, and I'm going to have a video for you in just a minute, but I want you to, if you've got a mother in your home, She is a racehorse, and racehorses are not intended to keep pulling heavy weight. You know, in fact, you got to get them off the track sometimes and put them out in the green pasture and say, can you just go and go rest and relax and go get a manicure, go get a massage or whatever. Just go and just have some quiet time. Go do something that would minister to you, get you refreshed. But you can't keep running your racehorse constantly. You got to give them some time. You got to give them some quiet time. You got to give them a break. Um, racehorses were never intended to be pulling what workhorses do. You know, we've got to give them time to get ministered, to get refreshed, and to be ministered to. And again, dads, this is a great opportunity because surveys also show that one of the biggest things that dads wish they had more time 
is with their kids. Dads, this is a great opportunity to have a daddy date. I love my daddy dates. I love daddy dates. They're so much fun. And some guys are just like, well, I don't really know what to talk to my daughter about. I mean, it's kind of awkward or whatever. I don't even know how to talk. Hey, here, let me give you a couple tips of what, you know, you can ask your kids when you're on a daddy date. Go out and have some fun with them. Get conversation. Here's a conversational starter. I know there's a lot of great books out there, conversational starters. You can pick up from the library, bookstore, wherever. You can pick them up, uh, and, and they're great. You know, they're just great books. But here's two questions you can always ask to start your conversations off, dads, with your kids, is what's one high and what's one low for today? What's one high and what's one low? So he might say, well, I eat with Johnny today. Well, you find out, you discover that he, is a, he likes Johnny. Well, what's one low? Well, I had kind of a tough day. You know, I got a C or something on one of my tests. That's an opportunity for you to be the wind beneath their wings, to be their encouragement, to be a breath of fresh air. Um, I did this the other day. It was kind of funny. I was on the way home from youth group, bringing Courtney home. And now my personality, I've always trained my kids to think positively. So I always have them looking for the gold and everything. Then I believe that God works all things together for our good. So I'm always having them treasure hunt, no matter what the circumstance is. So there really is no low at the Gustafson's household. I'm just giving you a kind of a tip of things that you can do. Uh, so I asked Courtney on the way home from youth group the other day, Courtney, what's one high? And she listed off a high from that day, like what was, a, you know, what was one of the high points of her day. And I said, what was one low? She just kind of looked at me strange like, um, I don't have lows, Dad. She, she really just doesn't have lows, and that's her personality. And I was just like, um, okay, what are three wins then? <laughs> so I had to kind of probe this a little bit more, and that's what we usually use as an uh, engaged conversation moment with our kids. It's like, what are three wins from today? And so our kids can usually list off a bunch of wins each day of what they experienced that were highlights or high points from the day. So you can use that. Again, that's just a tip. Dads, you got to engage. We got to be conversational with our kids. Take some time to get to know them. Communicate, especially if you have daughters. They need to have two things. Remember this, two things. If you're taking notes, dads, this is so vitally important. Girls need two things, whether you're married to one or you've got daughters or if you got a mom or you got a woman in your life somehow, some way, a grandma or some. They need two things. They need to feel connected to you and they need to feel understood by you. They need to feel connected and understood. So in other words, you just make eye contact with them, stop looking at the iPhone, stop looking at the iPad, whatever it is, and give them eye contact, start connecting with them, look them in the eyes, smile, and just act like you understand what they're saying, even if they get into their feelings moments, like I feel, and you like, I don't get that, you know, you just keep nodding and say, I understand, I may not understand how that feels as a man, but you know, we're more factual or whatever it is, but I understand what you're saying. They need to feel connected and they need to feel understood. Your daughters need to feel connected and need to feel understood. Psalm 127, verse 2, and this is our desire and our uh, passion to honor you today with giving you quiet time. But Psalm 127, verse 2, it says, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So it's the desire of Jesus' heart to give each and every one of us rest, including you moms. So we will do our best as dads, as husbands, uh, fathers, to take advantage of that quality time, and we'll take the kids out on a daddy date or whatever it might be, 
as long as you feel safe and secure with us doing that, um, I'm sure you do, amen? But uh, we'll, we'll give you a description, we'll give you a list of exactly what we're doing if that makes you feel better. But anyway, I think this is one of the best gifts that you can give your uh, wife if she's got children bearing your children and, and our moms. And again, single moms even, if you're related to any single moms, give them some quiet time. Not only should we take time to appreciate them, val- validate them, value them, um, but we should take some time to give them a break. Give them some quiet time. And uh, let me go into the third reason here in just a moment. But what is the next thing that we can really honor our moms with? What's one of the greatest gifts that we can give our moms? If you think about in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 through 42, Jesus said to Martha, 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 you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. In other words, Mary's on target. One of the greatest gifts that moms want more than anything is for their entire family to be at the feet of Jesus. They understand, you know, we can get caught up in the works. I mean, any, any person can. We can get caught up in the cycles of life and, you know, vicious cycle at that sometimes, working from morning till night. Uh, but moms who've really got it going, what they understand is that I just want my family to be at the feet of Jesus. So my third point is to live for Jesus. I think that's one of the greatest gifts we can give our moms today is to make a decision to live for Jesus, to sit at the feet of Jesus. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give your mom. In fact, besides Christmas and Easter, typically Mother's Day around the globe is when the church is more full than normal or on average. And the reason for that is because you just simply ask mom, what do you want to do today? And what is she going to say? I just want my whole family to be in church with me together, right? You know what I'm talking about. That's what moms want is they just want their whole family to be in church with them. And so we oblige and we say, okay, here we come. We're coming with you because that's what moms want is they want their family at the feet of Jesus. They want their families all to be living for Jesus. And I know this goes both ways. And again, we'll talk about dads on Father's Day. But, you know, Joshua says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Moms want their families to be serving the Lord. Good moms, Christian moms want their children, grandchildren to be serving the Lord Jesus Christ. It's one of the greatest desires, the greatest passions that's in the heart. And one of the greatest gifts you can give them today is to make a decision to sit at the feet of Jesus, to live for Jesus You know, I know that um, my dad shared with me one time years ago that he learned kind of the hard way of rising up and becoming that spiritual leader in our household. And here's how he learned it. He said one time, and this was pretty typical, my mom would get all of us kids when we were little. She'd get us all ready for church. We'd be all dressed and ready to go for church. And he said one time she came up to him. She had gotten the kids all set and ready to go. They are ready to get out the door. And she comes to my dad and says, Stan, are you coming with us? Are you coming to church with us? And he said, no. He just didn't want to go. He just didn't have the desire to go or whatever reasons. But she said, okay, well, we'll see you later. She didn't, you know, scold him or condemn him or make him feel bad or try to manipulate him. She just said, okay, well, we'll see you a little later. She's just real sweet. That was just her personality. And out the doors, we all went. My dad said he felt so convicted about that, he made a decision from that day on, I will never, ever, ever, ever let my wife be the spiritual leader in my place. I've got to take that place as a spiritual leader in our household. And I will purpose in my heart from here on out 
that I will lead my family spiritually. I will become the spiritual leader of this house and I will make sure that my kids are ready to go to church and in church every single Sunday. And guess what happened? We were in church every single Sunday. All moms want when it comes down to it is, yes, they want to be validated. They want to be appreciated. They need time. They need to be put out into the pasture. Just go rest, enjoy. They need some quiet time. They need a break. But more than anything in the world, what moms want, Christian moms want, is for the whole family to be at the feet of Jesus. They want that more than anything. They want their kids. They want their grandkids. They want every relationship they know because they know how important Jesus is to them and they know what Jesus can do in their life as well. So again, one of the greatest gifts you can give your moms today is to put yourself at the feet of Jesus. I'll close with this story. A number of years ago, I was on an evangelism team up in Minneapolis and we were out on the streets of Minneapolis and uh, we just, we were always in groups, you know, a couple, just two people with each other, and we would go out, and we'd always get excited about the bigger groups of people that we saw. We thought, oh, a mass of big people. We could go in and lead the whole mass to Jesus. You know, we get all excited, and we did it in a very, uh, very graceful way, not a confrontational way, but we were very graceful of how we would lead people to Christ, and and I remember one time getting off the shuttle bus that we were riding or the bus that we were on, and I get off, and I'm immediately scanning the area like, who, who needs God's love? Who needs to hear about God and his love today? And I look at this big group of people, and I'm thinking, no, that doesn't seem right. I mean, this would be great because then I could lead a lot of people to the Lord here, but something didn't seem right. And then I saw I get off a city bus, a young man who had earphones on, a Walkman or whatever. He's getting off the city bus, and the Lord said, that's him. Go tell him about my love. And so I remember just crossing the street climbing over the snowbank and going over, kind of cutting him off in a nice, graceful way, of course, in the parking lot. And I was like, hey, I'm Sean. Can I have just a, just a moment of your time? I just have a question for you. And I just wanted to tell you something. And he takes his headphones off. And I just, I just feel really impressed to tell you that God really loves you. He sent me over here just to tell you that Jesus really does love you. He kind of froze. He didn't know what to say. And, and all of a sudden, how many know that when you take that first step of faith, by God, God gives you the next thing. And all of a sudden, a word of knowledge rose up in my spirit. And I had this thought come real clearly. His grandmother's been praying for his salvation. And so I looked at him and I said, I know you don't know me and I don't know you. But I just had this thought come to my mind. And I believe this is coming from the Holy Spirit. Your grandmother has been praying for your salvation. And immediately he broke down. Tears started coming down and he started nodding his head. And I said, I believe one of the greatest gifts you can give your grandmother today is to receive Jesus Christ into your life. Can I introduce you to my very best friend today? And he nodded, and I took his hand, and we prayed a prayer where he called on Jesus' name that day. And when he opened his eyes, I mean, you could see light, new light. I mean, it was like you could see the love of God was in his heart. He, you could tell he was gloriously saved. But this is the words that I left him with that day. I said, can you do me a great big favor? And you could tell God had just moved in a, a very tangible way. I said, as soon as you get home, can you call your grandmother and let her know you received Jesus Christ today? And he agreed to do that. I say that because it's one of the greatest gifts you can give your mom today. Let's pray. Whether you've made a first-time decision to receive Jesus Christ into your life or you need to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus it brings me great joy and honor to pray with you today. In Romans 10, verse 13, it says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
It doesn't matter what you've done wrong. All that matters is what Jesus Christ has done right for you. And today is a great opportunity and one of the greatest gifts you can give to your mom. Whether she's already proceeded and gone home to be with Jesus or she's present here in church or she's been praying for you, whether she lives here locally or not. I don't believe there's any coincidence today that you're here today. And one of the greatest gifts you can give your mom is to make the decision to receive Jesus Christ into your life. So I ask with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made that decision to receive Jesus or you need to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus, you know that you haven't been living for God the way that you could or you should be. And today you're saying, Pastor, I want to make that decision. I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord. I want to get my life right with God. I want to be at peace with God. If that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'd love to pray for you. Wherever you're at today, if that's you, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. Would you take one step of faith and lift your hands all over this auditorium right now, just saying, Pastor, pray for me right now, today. I want to receive Jesus Christ or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, slip up your hands all over this room, just acknowledging I want to make that decision to receive Jesus into my life or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. Just a moment longer, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me and you can put your hand right back down. Those that are watching online, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with us in just a moment. Anyone in the church right now, anyone else right now, you're just saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to receive Christ or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord Jesus. It's not too late. You can still do it right now. One of the greatest gifts you can give your mom or grandma. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know it takes courage to do that. It takes a lot of confidence. Let's do this. Let's put a hand on our heart and let's pray with those that are making that quality choice and that quality decision. Let's call on the name of the Lord with them. Would you pray this prayer out loud? Those that are watching online, would you pray this prayer out loud with us as well? Repeat after me, please. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Congratulations. We just want to take a moment and give you a hand clap, letting you know how much we love you and appreciate you.